What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Foul Life Podcast Midwest Series. I'm your host, Joel Clayfish. We're coming to you from the great Midwest, great state of Wisconsin, located in the middle of the Great Lakes and more inland lakes than any state in the country. I'm telling you what, you are not going to want to miss this podcast. It is going to be off the charts, uh, interesting. Um, we're going to cover some difficult topics. We're going to have some fascinating topics. It's women in waterfowl and what they love about it, what they don't love about it, some of the things they face when they are attempting to get into waterfowl and to be a part of it. Because let's face it, folks, 18 to 35 year old women are the fastest growing group of new hunters. And in Wisconsin, waterfowl is one of those things that just keeps booming and going off the charts. Karma uh, Michaud is with us. Danielle Fairman is with us. Jessica Ann is with us. I mean, this has the potential to get kind of hairy when we talk about some kinda of these rowdy, issues. Kind of rowdy, knowing me a little bit. <laughs> kind of <laughs> rowdy. First off, um, you know, all three of you are real hunters. I mean, you guys are, are grinding it out. You're in the fields, you're on the waterways, you're hunting ducks, geese, um, waterfowl, not only in the state of Wisconsin, upland birds, turkeys. I mean, you guys are all the real deal, which is why I was so jacked to have you come on the show uh, on the podcast. But um, it's not all peaches and cream when it comes to hunting uh, for you. I mean, Danielle and, and Cara and I and Jessica, we've had some stories, but... Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, I mean, there's a lot of things during this podcast I may not be able to really comment on, you know, being a dude. and Like mansplaining things, which some things do. I'm sorry, we're diving right into this. That's all right. I mean, we're what? Pumped. first off, how did you guys get into waterfowl hunting and why do you love it so much? For me, it was definitely my dogs. Um, that is what sold it, but solidifying everything was just meeting more people and just the environment that has for literally endless growth. I mean, once I shot my first duck, I knew I was like, yep, I love this. I literally will do anything to keep doing this. So that's, that's kind of the most important parts to me is just like whatever's making me happy and whatever, yeah, no, it is whatever makes you happy. And that's what waterfowl is. It makes you happy. Jessica, and you have your own, your own TV show. Mm-hmm. You deal with the media. You are a big hunter yourself. I saw you were just out, uh, snow goose hunting. Yeah. What, what, what gave you the drive to say, this is something I'm going to do. And in a sport that is still, you know, dominated by men. So I feel like this is, this is a great topic. Um, honestly, this is, one of the reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing and taking it to the platform that I have. Um, I feel like I have such an amazing outreach. Um, just like Kara, like I, I got involved actually, um, not until probably my early twenties into waterfall hunting. Um, so very much in that age group that you were talking about, um, I didn't start waterfall hunting very young. You know, my family being in Wisconsin was big whitetail family, did some turkeys, um, big game hunters, but not as much bird hunting. And so I kind of, you know, I had the, my grandfather did a little bit of upland hunting, a little bit of waterfall, but he wasn't there long enough for me to kind of get involved. And so, um, I've kind of taken it to another extreme and I've, I fell in love with it. You know, you get that first duck, that first goose, whatever it is, you just get hooked. There's something different about being in that blind. Um, but taking it to this level of having my own television show and being able to reach out to other people is huge. I think we, I want to do my part in getting other people involved into the outdoors, specifically waterfall hunting. Um, and then specifically kids. I think it's super important to get other women and kids involved and teaching them at that younger age. I think that's something that I really cherish and I feel like has had such a great reward in the end for me. And Danielle, you're, I mean, I see the stuff, you know, we have a radio show together too. We talk a lot about hunting. I see you out there on the boat and I hear about your, your tough days and your good days. I mean, you know, what was it about waterfall hunting that made you so addicted to it? Well, my first experience waterfall hunting was we didn't have a dog. I was the dog. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I wanted to make sure that I liked hunting the pro like I'm an animal lover. I love animals. I want all of them. I want to pet all the animals, but I also want to eat them. They're delicious. <laughs> so <laughs> right, that's a fact. And when it, it and shameless plug for the provider. When you have provider spices and rubs in the cookbook, the provider oh, cookbook by Chad Belding and Chad Mendez. Man, you can take anything from the field to the table and like make armadillo it delicious. Down in Arkansas, I'm pretty sure you can make that. And taste I would good. not eat armadillo. Oh, that's I, the I, last I, species. <laughs> that's the last species that carries leprosy. So I I'm only stay think away about that because I lived in Arkansas and I remember seeing a dead armadillo on the side of the road and it was weird. Okay, yeah. back to my story. So. I wanted to make sure that I could see an animal die and be okay with it. Yeah, so my first course. experience was with um, with a boyfriend when I was 24 years old. I am now 34. And <laughs> we went out to Vernon and he shot the duck and I went to go retrieve it in the tall grass and everything. And then you hear me scream because it's still alive. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, what do I do? What do I do? So I run around and try to catch it and I bring it back to him and he rings it. I'm like, well, that was exhilarating. And then we continued. We stayed there. We got a limit of ducks. And yeah. then two weeks later, I was in hunter safety. And everybody's got their story of what hooked him at the beginning. And for me, it was a goose field. And I'll never forget because the guys who took me, they were messing around with me. I had my head lying back on a manure pile. Uh, and that was my first experience. But when those things come in and they're, yeah. they're bowed up and, you know, they're coming right to the foot bag and you're. Oh yeah, they popping up to, their wings. Oh, it's back. The I actually recall an exact hunt with you where we actually had geese land on top of our feet in yes. our blinds. Yeah. I'm sorry, what? That's no the joke. best. That's when the calling. <laughs> do you remember that? Of course I do. That was that was crazy. Yeah, the calling and the decoys all comes together. But now you guys have been in hunting a combined more than three decades. Okay, mm -hmm. so we're not talking to people yeah, who just started hunting here. How has that changed? Because women getting into hunting has risen incredibly since 10 years ago, since 15 years ago. Um, how has that changed? What was it like? Let's start actually, you know, getting into, to some of the, the issues about, um, the growth of women in hunting. Um, what stops, uh, certain women from not pursuing hunting? What has changed? What was it like then? I, for myself, I can say that when I started hunting, there was not a group you could join or um, per se a mentorship at your fingertips like there is now. And I'm insanely happy that there is that out there for youth and even adults now. But let's rewind 10, 15 years ago. That, that wasn't there. You had to know someone or talk to someone's dad or... In my instance, my, my family doesn't hunt, so I have a younger brother that hunts, and him and I knew just about the same at that point in our life because we were still figuring it out. So I actually had to ask like friends' dads or people that I knew just, oh, I, I know that guy hunts. I should see if he you know entertained taking me out and teach me a few things because I literally have no way to learn if I don't ask. So when you were that, like... I'm sorry, how, how old were you when you started doing this? At 12 years old. So how did you feel going to these farmers' houses? Well, like, granted, it was like a family friend, but like, how did you feel? Were you like intimidated because you're a female going up there? Because I couldn't imagine being 12 or 13. I did it at 24 and I'm like, hey, hi, can I, can I hunt here? <laughs> I truly, at 12, I, I didn't ask farmers because I didn't have the ability. I, I literally was bound to my bicycle I didn't drive, so I got to ask whoever I knew in my general vicinity of family or friends, and that, that was the extent given to me. Even after I took a hunter safety course, there really wasn't anything. Facebook didn't exist. MySpace didn't exist. None of these social networks existed, so I literally had to put myself out there and literally ask people. Um and and thank God there was I, no such thing as Onyx Maps either. No, none of this. <laughs> like none of this map map you had to go and Well, even if you found that, how would you know as a twelve year old like, oh, I yeah. could hunt that? <laughs> like it's just not there. Where where I have two daughters and they're growing up just around this hunting and they don't see that side that I saw. So I'm 
insanely grateful for the people that did give me that one, you know what, I'll, I'll take this young girl out because mm-hmm. she's really interested in it. And I don't think in, in my perspective, I don't think somebody would be coming out to ask that if they weren't serious about it. I yeah, mean, they, I they agree. Jessica, what, what, how did you first get into it? Because I mean, let's be realistic. If you're a woman or a young woman or a teen, and you're going to ask somebody to go hunting, you're very likely going to be asking a woman or a man. I should Mm -hmm. say, if you're a woman, you're likely going to be asking a man even more so 10 years ago. Yep. So, um, I was in my early twenties and so I ended up going, um, I had actually taken out into a blind with, um, a few different guys and it was very different, very interesting, right? Because it's so different than any other type of hunting. You are putting yourself in a field, um, you know, and you're in layouts or you're in a frame, whatever it may be. And you're really just kind of put, you know, it's, it's a totally different world. I had no idea what to expect. Um, you know, there's so many moving parts with waterfall hunting. You have to, you have to know like the calls, you know, it's just, there's so many different components in Decoy that set up hide. Yeah. And you're, versus, you're moving, a, you know, versus a yeah. And just all of it, it's, it's a lot and it can be very overwhelming. And so then you add the anxiety of just like, okay, now I'm going to go out in the field with somebody I don't know. And like, y- you know, you don't know if you're going to enjoy it. You don't know if they're going to be safe about it. You don't know if they're going to be, um, you know, good sportsmen. I think that's something that, um, I'm very big on is like the ethics of actually being good, a sportman, sport, good sportsman out in the field too. Right. And I think that has a big effect on your character. So it can be very intimidating as a female, you know, in your early twenties going out there with a, either alone with a guy or with a bunch of guys, um, being the only one. I think that that's something that all of us can say that we've experienced and not necessarily always had the best outcomes from that. Yes. Speaking of not the best outcomes. (laughs) Oh dear Lord. There are some men out there that I have to say pretty much within the first five minutes, Mm -hmm. talk about a boyfriend. Like, like, Hey, yeah. What do you mean by that? So like solidify that you're taken. Yeah. I have to say that, Hey, I have to bring up a topic that I'm taking. Like, like, like I'm don't actually even think here about it. Yeah. Like I, yes, I am a female, but I am a BA female and I can do this without you, but I appreciate you being here, but I don't say that. I'd be polite. But at the beginning, you so got to learn. Like, you got to yeah, learn from somebody. Learn, and Putting it on the line. Yeah. Here it is. This because, is what I'm and saying. then once you say that kind of stuff, you can just feel the atmosphere change, change. 100%. like instantly. You are having a great time. You're joking. You're doing everything. He's teaching you how to put out um do the do the U or do the C or do the W or stay in the blind, stay out or not in the blind. Sorry, stay in the decoys. Do it outside the decoys. Like they're talking to you. Like they're like we're talking. They're trying right now. to teach you something. Yeah. Like and then also would. when you bring up a like a past hunt with somebody, yeah, I'm taken. Like obviously. So and then all of a sudden it gets quiet. And then it gets awkward. I'm like, seriously? I'm, dude, really? And that's like, that's with all aspects of too. Like I work construction. Like when I bring up a dude, I'm like, seriously, you have to change now? You mean that you, in that scenario, you're saying there was a different motive by the guy taking you hunting? Absolutely. Like that happens often. I, I definitely agree with that. And I can definitely say I've experienced those things. But I also know that I've found some really cool friends through waterfowl hunting, whether it be goose hunting mm-hmm. or wa- or duck mm-hmm. hunting, whatever. Because a lot of the stuff out here, I mean, in the early season, we, we shoot a lot of geese in fields. That's typically how it rolls. So mm-hmm. field hunting is different where you're not really stuck. So you're not confined in the natural way of like if you're duck hunting and I'm in a canoe and I'm way the hell out somewhere and I don't happen to like these guys an hour into the hunt. Yeah, guess what? You're going to be hunting with them for three more hours, maybe more. So you better know them is kind of my thought on it. But I always, every single year, meet new people hunting waterfowl, especially in the fields, because everyone is like, oh, can I bring this guy? Oh, I got this guy. I got, or a girl, whatever. But dominantly, it's always someone I don't know is with someone else. So I think, you know, they're with anything in life and me Like, I'll go back to, I'm a mom of two girls, so I'm hoping to teach them that, like, with anything in life, I always have a little bit of a guard up, but in the same nature, I got to look back at that 12-year-old girl that I was and say, if you don't ask, you might not find that. Mm -hmm. 
So you got to take a little risk, but yeah, keep your, keep your damn guard up. Oh yes. Because there are. You just said, keep your damn guard up. Yes. Always. I've absolutely, I, I mean that in all reality, because I don't care what sweet talking any mm-hmm. dude's giving you. If he has the best honey hole in America, I don't yep. give a shit. Sorry. I don't know. It's all right. <laughs> give There's, a crap. Um, <laughs> you know, that, that may be true. And that might be a, an amazing hunt. And that might be one you remember for a long, long time. But you also don't know that unless you know that guy or you're friends with him or whatever, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it it can be a risky business situation. So Jessica, you're then- jumping at the bit to say something. <laughs> so how long? So Cara, I know that you and Danielle, how long have you guys, like, were you guys at any point of this part of your life, obviously, Cara, since you've been doing this since 12, like, were you single prior to being in a committed relationship, right? Yeah. So I, for the most part, um, when I got really heavily into waterfall hunting, um, I was single for a little bit and then I was in a long-term relationship. Um, and then it kind of continued mainly. I was like in a relationship. This is the first time that I've been single and I am in this huge atmosphere and plat in this giant platform. And it is, it is a dog eat dog world out there. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you. And so I'm sure you guys have experienced the people that will come to you and offer for you to come and hunt, like you said, in their sweet honey hole, this awesome experience, whether it's in-state, out-of-state, and they promise you all these things and with one motive at the end of the day, right? And I can't tell you personally um, that I've heard from other women that have gone through these scenarios, that have gone to that and have not established those boundaries and, you know, unfortunately ended in some really awful situations. And so I don't know if you guys experience that too, but I definitely have had people try to reach out to me to come hunt with me with, you know, an unfortunate motive. And so, or calling up a lodge and asking, because I do have an amazing, talented film crew, they'll automatically assume that I'm with one of those guys. And it's like, nope, they're actually all married and not to me. And so they'll assume like, oh, we put you in a bed together. That's how we roomed you. And I've showed up to a place before and it's like, absolutely not. This is that that is not an assumption to have that, you know, because I am a female that I'm going to be bunking with this this other person that I'm traveling with. And so it's something that I've realized that I have to really establish, you know, when I'm calling outfitters, if I'm going out in a field, if I'm getting invited on hunts, um, like Danielle says, you have to really establish that very early on in a conversation. Otherwise, there's just not normal. No, it's not normal there, yet. It's Does not. There, is, so, so what's not normal? It's, Women. It's <laughs> not hunting. Men, and I'm, I'm not saying this on a whole controversial level. It's going to sound that way, so whatever. But it's not normal. I'll tell you right now, mm-hmm. somewhere where I guide right now, I know of one other female that's there about a third of the season. So I deal with that all the time on, on a different level of, of bird hunting, if you will. And it's still not normal. It's just the way it is. And You're saying women... Being as the people major, running the deal. As, as an accepted regular part of the outdoors Absolutely. and the hunting yep, world yep. is not like, normal. Like I'm not there on a man's behalf. Yep. And mm-hmm. that's a, and and I'm there because I, I worked my butt off to get there. Mm-hmm. I, so how do how do we change I mean, how do we change that? Do, we does have a conversation does it conver- is it is it a burden on you? I mean, is it a burden that you have to that you have we, to fulfill to say we need to have a conversation before we're getting in a blind together or a boat together or in the field together? No, no. I think that's. I mean, pers- Okay, for myself, I don't know how you ladies feel about it, but I feel like it's like you set your own ground rules Absolutely. for whatever situation you're in, mm-hmm. whether you're at some crazy event or whatever the hell it is. If some guy, you're like, oh yeah, he's kind of seeming like he's only into me for this. I mean. Okay, we all probably know the situation a little mm-hmm. bit. Dude. Even when it catches you off guard and you're just like, come on. I mean, I've had it where you're just like, I really thought this guy was a cool yeah. friend. Yep. And all of a sudden he hits me with the, well, I really like y'all. And then you're like, dang yeah, it. I can't really? hunt, I can't hunt with you anymore yeah, because like, now you made it weird. Yeah, it's well, like, I'm not flirting with you. I'm literally being myself. Yes. Yeah. This is not me flirting. I'm I talk like this all the time to everybody. <laughs> I don't care if you're male, female, dog, cat. So I will talk to you the same way I talk to everybody else. I'm not reaching out and grabbing you. I'm like, no, I'm just talking. Just because I'm talking to you does not mean I'm hitting on you. Does explaining oh. the ground rules uh, help 
uh, I mean, avoid I those situations? I yes and no. <laughs> What do you mean, it, Jessica? I say no. I think it helps read the script for what might happen yeah. in the way of how they may react to what you're saying. But mm -hmm. in the same aspect, okay, anyone can view it as this sucks. I don't want to have to do that or whatever. But you know what? At the end of the day, we are paving the world for like, for instance, I'll go. I know I keep saying this, but I have two little girls. And like, I hope that by the time they're my age, that this isn't as heavily like prevalent and that it isn't as much of a scene. This is new. This is, is this new. the elephant in the room, though? Is this really? Is yeah, this men don't want to talk about this, I mm -hmm. think. So I when mean, I, I don't know. Let's get awkward. oh go ahead go ahead. Um, so <laughs> Cara made a really good point. Like when she was talking about her experience, you know where she works. I was at an expo last year and I was walking around, was promoting my shows with a group of people. I was with um, great friends, supporters, my significant other at the time, and a camera crew. We we're getting content. We we're meeting sponsors, and I remember specifically how many how many booths I walked by that would ask me, you know, um, they would blatantly ignore me. They would shake all the guy's hands, but mm -hmm. blatantly look at me and don't even shake my hand. And, with yep, and they were like, oh, are you so-and-so's wife? And I was like, I, you know, and I kind of just, it irks me. And I, you know, I'm like, nope, I'm actually not. And so, um, you know, I'm here for myself. And they're like, well, do you hunt? And talking to me like I'm a child. And I'm like, you know, I, that just is a, huge just that's so upsetting to me and then they one, don't deserve you that's yeah, how I it's a verbal it. so slap in the it face it is it is and then one specific company i remember so clear it was it was a decoy company and we were walking through and we saw them and um they once again blatantly ignore me talked to everybody shook everybody's hand and i was just standing there in the front and he just walked right over me and then talked to my camera guy and at the end of their conversation he goes so what are you filming like what are you here for and he's like actually for her and they're like wait what and they're like for her and i just stood there and i had my arms crossed i looked so displeased and i just remember looking at the other people with me and i was like this is i'm like are you watching this they're like oh yeah just we'll handle that and i was like okay so i'm just watching it play out and he's like like you're here like you hunt and i was like yeah i do and he's like oh and then they're, they're like yeah she has her own tv show and their attitudes their body language 180 yeah, percent yeah like, all of a sudden they all of a sudden yep oh, yeah. they come over and they start talking to me they're like oh so tell me more like oh you hunt you do this and i'm like i i couldn't be good enough before right or you, just you didn't care who i was no. before i mentioned yep. any of this so yeah. i i sorry i didn't send you my resume yes but, exactly yeah. but that's what it is and i'm literally standing there and you're just completely and he's like well i guess i should you know that's bad on me that i shouldn't just assume i'm like no you shouldn't you know and that is so heartbreaking and it's so frustrating that companies like i said and i'm with and and literally these guys are like we're all here for her like this is her deal and they just eyes bug-eyed like holy cow we just put our foot in the mouth we just need to stop and i i was like thank you for your time but i'm not interested in your products yeah, and i walked absolutely. away it, um respect goes a long way it, it does it does is it changing uh i mean this I was can, last year i can say <laughs> well no no i'm not saying it doesn't exist i'm saying is it changing and I don't know, I, I don't know the answer to that. I'm not a woman, yeah. but I can tell you that when I first started waterfowl hunting, it has changed. Women are getting into waterfowl yes. hunting yeah. so much more. Yes. Way more I, I'm not the 12 year old boy anymore. I've had, yes. seven, <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was Joel's had, nickname for me. I've had seven, yeah. I, I've had several times in this past year, in the past couple of years where, uh, there are many women in the field when we're hunting. Yeah. Um, you know, early in the times, it would be rare for a woman to be along mm -hmm. on a waterfowl hunt and they're growing and they love, and they're awesome at waterfowl mm -hmm. um, hunting. And it's, it, is I it think, changing? Is it getting better? Is I, it getting easier? Dude, I think feel like all of us have something to say about <laughs> yeah. this right now. That's <laughs> we're on the line. Yeah, we all get, yeah, okay. you go first, then I'll go. And all right, <laughs> real quick. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think it is, definitely changing i think we're still working through hurdles and it's going to be that way for a little while for sure for sure but i think you know people like us are exact prime examples of i'm, I'm gonna get there 
we're not <laughs> we're not out there in the bikinis. We're not looking yep, for nope. the most ridiculous social media feeds. Everybody's up. saying yup. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's but a thing. do some explaining to me about right. that yup. Okay, we will. We, I'll let them get there. But like like real life talk here. Man. We are like <laughs> In the, the form of my brain, I see it as like we're like the grit of the girls in the outdoor mm-hmm. com- or women, sorry, outdoor community that are actually like willing to lend an arm to help somebody out. Absolutely. We're not like, hey, piss off. I don't I don't know you. I'm not giving you my day. It, it's something said when a female reaches out to another female because one that takes a little bit of guts Mm -hmm. and two there's a lot of drama men know this (laughs) but girls know it way more and the the amount of you know craziness um and and these are like my nicest ways to put this um And and just the like Don't be nice on my account. The audacity (laughs) of things that I'm sure we have all dealt with, us three here. Um and and just the crazy stuff we see. I mean, it it I I can't even get into it all in a few sentences, but regardless, it is getting better, but we Mm -hmm. have to keep paving that way and it's gonna take more than just us, and it's gonna take the right people and not the in my opinion, like people that are disrespecting the women in hunting industry. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, I don't, I, I'm just going to tell you this. I'm born and raised from Wisconsin and I can tell you, unless I'm bow fishing in the summer, I've never hunted in a bikini in my life. <laughs> Mosquitoes, and I, man. and I'm not conceited, but I, I, can, I can wear a bikini if I want, but I'm not, I'm not doing yep. that. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, baby clothes is the way to go. Sweatpants, <laughs> a nice little thin sweater, done. Um, but what we have not covered is that yes, it's getting better, like for the man taking us out hunting or joining us or us joining them, is their wives or their girlfriends that do not hunt. Because I have come across so many times that I'm going out hunting with a group of guys. They all understand that I'm there to hunt. Like, I'm going to set out those decoys. I'm going to get my hands dirty. Like, I do not care. I want to get dirty. It's what I do. I get dirty. And then all of a sudden, I get a message or I hear somebody else talk. Oh, she's just out there to get the men. She's just a homewrecker. Which, no, I am not. I'm out here to put dinner on the table and to have a great time just because you do not they, hunt. Hey, they could just join hunt. you and yes. stop being. There's a few wives out there that I became friends with. I'm like, yeah, she's super cool. She never, ever once in her life touched a gun. Totally fine. I will have that experience for you. She lets me, she says, oh yeah, they're going out to this place. Um, are you going there? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with them, blah, blah, blah. She's like, okay, cool. Because then she tells me an experience that yes, this man is married that this one chick kept hitting on him and even though he's married with a ring on his finger like some girls out there obviously not us because we're amazing um like they some, don't respect girl, boundaries yeah, no some they girls don't go out there just back, saying yep, back to the other flip let me put let me put my full face makeup on to meet you at three o'clock in the morning like i can't i can't even wake up i don't even want to brush my teeth at three o'clock in the morning like i'm not gonna put that much effort in but I like, mean, if that's my, how you're trying to meet men, yeah. I, I give you one because that's like <laughs> my, ridiculous. But my <laughs> biggest struggle, and I'm trying to figure this out, is the white, the girlfriends and the wives of the respectable men out there. Like not only with hunting, but with like my career. Like I go out to the company outings. You're in a male. But, but some yeah, people meet, and it's like their wives. I hear their wives. Who you, is you that? Why is she here? My place of work. And and, and to give you one up um so you doing milford hills and i had a company out in there they're like i'm like oh yeah is kara uh, is kara on the board is kara car damn it i love you i'm so sorry um is car on the board no i'm like who's car i'm like amazing guy she's she was out here last year and then everyone else started chiming in like they said you did a fantastic job last year that i was emailing you i'm like why are you not coming here i miss you but like i just met jessica Speaking of social media, I just met her. Like, people were talking about how amazing she is. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna reach out. I'm a friendly person. I, I, I make friendships in the weirdest ways. Like, I reach out. I'm like, hey, can we be friends? Because you hunted and fish and you were in the outdoors. That's 
kind of how I met you too. Hey, so, social media is kind of the way, Can we be friends? But that's how like us girls, the female and this industry are like, hey, let's be friends. Which social is media is good. Oh and bad. gosh, yeah. And yeah. back to a yeah. point you guys made Oof. before, but it is possible for people to meet each other and then having a you know a, a romantic relationship sure. based on similar loves in the outdoors. I think that part of the reality of human nature makes it difficult uh, because uh, you've got to discern in scenarios what both people want because let's face it hunting is an intimate sport absolutely you're right next to somebody yeah you call your you call your buddies you don't call your random friend that you kind of no. like and want to take out on no. some when you go hunting you take someone you trust and you become very close with the people you hunt oh, yeah. with regularly yeah and yep. waterfall is a tight-knit community it is and everybody relationships <laughs> relationships do develop so you're going to deal with relationships mm-hmm. that develop Yep. Mm-hmm. What you know in the hunting field, Jessica, you had you had something yeah. you wanted to make a point. So I want to ask you guys because I'm sure, and I and it's I always ask people this, and I tell and I whenever I've and I've done a podcast, you know, in the past and stuff, but it's always with other men. But it's really interesting. I feel like we as women have to work. 20 times harder to earn the respect of men in this industry. And that is in all aspects of this industry. Right. And, and it's just like, I worked so hard just to get out here, just like you did. Right. And so what can I do? You know, just cause I want to learn, I've get, I get all the time. Oh, you have a TV show. You must pretend to be this professional, everything. Absolutely not. That is the last thing I am. I love to learn. I'm a nurse by trade. I devote my life to learning and educating myself. So I want to learn. I I don't know everything about waterfall hunting. I know Cara knows a lot more about certain aspects and Danielle knows that stuff. Joel knows his stuff. You know, like everybody has their own, their own niche, their own expertise to bring to the table and we can learn together. We can learn from each other. And I think that's so important. And I feel like that's lost so much because there's that stigma. There's the social media aspect of it. You know, you get people who are just competitive and, you know, it gets so hard as women to get out there and really try to do our best to learn, to have fun and just go. Because I don't know about you guys, but I still have so much to learn about waterfall hunting. I cannot call to save my life. (laughs) You know, so I, I work so hard to like, you know, work on those things to be better, but it's hard because then some people kind of take that in the wrong way. Some people um, don't take that in that beneficial way, but going off of like what Joel had said about how we can have positive things that come out of this. I, and Cara had said earlier, like some of the best friends that I have today are because of people I've met in the blinds or in the fields, you know, and no doubt, no, there's that you wouldn't have met any other way. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think that is something that is like now that I'm in that realm, like, okay, um, now I'm putting in that situation of like now I potentially could be in that intimate relationship with somebody because I look at my life. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of things that I do that are outdoors related, specifically hunting and a lot more waterfall hunting than anything lately. So how do I if I you know, it is it is a terrifying thought for me to be like, what if I do end up liking somebody now? What is that going to look like? You know, and it's that fear of like now what is that? You know, and it's it's a horrible feeling that you have to think about all these things, um, you know, just to potentially like somebody. Do you know what right. I mean? I do know what you mean. But in the same sense, one of the reasons we're having this discussion is some of the some of the trickiness or difficulty about people. I mean, look, you get you got good and bad people in every aspect. Oh, of life, absolutely. Period. Yep. And. So discerning that ahead of time, I mean, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled by the fact that women are such a growing number of hunters because the fact is we're losing hunters in this country. Mm -hmm. We're losing hunters in this state and, and hunters are part, are the foundation of conservation in Mm -hmm. the state of Wisconsin. They're the, the foundation of conservation across the country. People are starting to move to a provider lifestyle where they're taking organic food from the field, from the skies, from the swamps, from the lakes to the table. And they're making gourmet food out of it, which is a huge part of my life, something I absolutely love to do. And we are going to continue to negotiate all these labyrinths. It's going to happen. But I wanted to have you guys here because you guys are the real deal. There's no doubt about that. Um, and you're a growing faction, a massively growing faction. I mean, I there are some women I hunt with, they blow me away 
uh, on calling compared to me in the waterfowl field. You know, they're fantastic. And this is something that I think the smart people in the outdoor industry are going to start embracing because when we have an industry filled with men and women, with both men and women, Mm -hmm. we're going to have the most successful and enjoyable industry. There's no doubt. But I think having the conversations about the potential snafus is what we need to do in order to grow it as richly and as, uh, keep it like as infinitely as as possible, you know, and, and one of the things, one of you guys had mentioned some benefits of the social media. Everything's social media these days. Mm-hmm. It drives me absolutely bonkers. I, I can't, <laughs> I, I, I participate in social media, you know, I, in my, my life, in my job, and it's great. And there are great aspects of social media. You guys have met people, you've gotten to hunt. I've met people hunted. I've had hunting opportunities. Social media is probably the way building and, and, and the foul life found us and ended up coming to Wisconsin, having an amazing hunt. Changed my life. The people I got to meet who came here and hunted with us. On the other side of it, there's people who really care about hunting. And then there's people who just care about the photo on Instagram that makes it look like they're that a didn't even kill whatever they're holding. Yep. And, and I guess are I, so I, very <laughs> proud, but when a question comes about it, I get frustration it, oh, block, about block, that. Block, block. I yep. get frustration about that. And I noticed you guys all nodding when you talked about the, the social media, the people who post on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a whole separate realm of communication and difficulty but joy so it's like you get the good but you also get the bad on social media absolutely i i think um in the best words i can come up with we're we're breaking the mold of Mm -hmm. of the regular thought of like your average american hunter and i'm i'm speaking obviously from wisconsin but i know that this is happening in many other states i have friends all across our united states that are very into hunting and they're in age groups that are much younger than me to much older than me and and all in between but at the bottom line it's like if we don't actually continue and like kind of essentially beat the stigma of bs of all all the crap in between what do you mean by that what do you mean the stigma of BS? Well, we just got to keep plowing through. We got to keep showing that, you know, we're the real deal. We're not messing around. We actually love hunting just as much as another Is there a man. lot of baloney on social media? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. It's Absolutely. caked with it. Caked with it. It's everywhere. What's well, the worst thing okay. you guys see on social 99% media? 99% of people, you guys voice <laughs> after I say this and tell me what you think. 99% Holy. of people, and that's a very high percentage, I see that like... I know is like not the real deal or whatever, which, okay, yes, it's my opinion, are doing things because of literally like it's plopping in their lap. They they didn't work for it. They have no idea what they're doing. They don't even know what they're holding, what they killed. They probably didn't kill it or shoot it. They probably don't even know how to actually load a shotgun. And I, I mean, honest to God, I look at some people, I'm like, yep, they probably put a shotgun shell in backwards and just jam their gun. And they're mm-hmm. acting like they know everything. And it's okay to be new, but don't be that know-it-all that actually doesn't know Are you it all. saying that, that you think the notoriety of the social media is more important to them than the actual hunting? Just yes. that you are not in. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. I think that there's such a huge... Um, and, and I think that certain brands have allowed that to happen in a positive and very negative way. Whereas there's, um, you know, specifically on things like TikTok, you, there's like an influx of a certain brand that got all of a sudden a bunch of women that are involved. And I feel like, you know, it's more of, it was more of like a negative aspect and they're not like Cara said, like, it's not whether or not you are brand new to hunting. That is totally fine. That's what we're here for. We're here to learn. We're here to help each other, but do not improve personate yourself to be somebody that you're not um because one it's you're making everybody else look bad okay and two it could be a safety issue don't pretend to go out there or try to video something for the sake of social media that's not reality you know because you potentially have other kids or other people watching this Mm -hmm. and then you know to me like it's just it puts a horrible stigma and I can't tell you the amount of people that'll be like oh did you actually kill that what? <laughs> like, you know, you're just, it's, it's, it's probably know, not going to end in our no, lifetime yeah. to be, to be completely honest. It's that's not. how I see it. But if we don't keep with it, yeah, 
it's probably never going to end in my kid's lifetime and so on because guess what? 20 years ago, none of us were hunting, no. okay? We already established that. Right. So let's rewind to that. Now now look at, now think about it, the possibilities of 20 years from now. Yeah. And so what do you guys... There's a lot of room for growth and development in good and bad ways. Yeah. But but look at you already have a concept established. You have a concept established. And I have a concept established. And I know every single one of us is willing and able to help a new teenage or young girl or an older adult woman that wants to do it. I mean, the resources are there. It's just you have to apply yourself like anything in life. If you don't, if you just sit around and go, oh, I wish I was a duck hunter, but I don't have any friends and all. Oh, okay, well. You can always find a reason not to do something. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You're, you're not, yourself. They're not, we're not going to just come to you. And, and waterfowl hunters, look, waterfowl hunters are an incredibly unique breed. We all know that, right? <laughs> yep. Yes. I mean. Eat, sleep. Eat, sleep, sleep breathe, hunt. that duck, duck, duck or duck, goose, duck. Yeah. bowed up. <laughs> All 20 summer, feet from your train feet, your dog, work coming it, in, do that. perfect setup on the decoys. Man, I dream about, I'm not joking, I dream about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think part of it, it's literally heartbreaking to me when I know people who say, I'm a hunter, and they're talking about like sitting out for three days oh, uh, they during like the gun, gun deer, deer season. Hunters? That is gun, a uh, fair gun weather deer. hunter. But you know what? So yeah, all know. I know. Fair weather but fisherman. Okay, thank you. I, I literally, my heart hurts for people mm-hmm. Who don't understand the joy of waterfowl mm-hmm. hunting, and well, waking up with those ducks. It takes right a special mm-hmm. person when that alarm goes off at two forty-five a.m. <laughs> After three days of it, to too. haul gear <laughs> to the middle of a field, um, five hundred yards wherever. with a hundred pounds on your back, yep. or the and scouting set miles. Up. <laughs> and <laughs> I guess that's probably why those of us who are serious hunters, any one of us. And we're all, all th- four of us here are, are in the, the, the waterfowl industry also. Mm-hmm. I mean, in some way in media with waterfowl. So a lot of times we've got cameras along and mics along and, and that, that takes extra work, extra effort. But there's not one of us here I know who doesn't seriously enjoy getting out there, setting up decoys, having a hunt with mm-hmm. no cameras, no nothing for the love of waterfowl it's amazing it is and and the part that i love the most is that i get to bring my dog with it the reason why i got my dog the reason why i have bandit is so i can see him retrieve the ducks like i want to shoot not only for myself and to feed myself but it's just to see him retrieve i got three of them i know the game Like it's a mental obsession that I don't think I'll ever get rid of. Half and I hope I, I never have to. Yeah. Half the time I go by myself anyways. It's like, yes, so I fun. love it's the best. I love the camaraderie. Yeah. Like I love talking to people, obviously, but being by myself mm-hmm. is absolutely fantastic. It is. There's something. But you can't, I mean, very often you can't really hunt by yourself until someone has taught you how to hunt. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. You need somebody totally. to teach you. You know, and, and mentorship. Unless you're just wild as hell and you, you know, <laughs> well, you're just going to drive yourself out there the in very some very first time waiters. I went waterfall hunting by myself, I went with a ghillie suit in the middle of a cornfield and put like five decoys <laughs> in a circle around me. Okay. So oh, I, I, mean, yeah, I, Joel, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. If, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. If you want to know this story of what you recorded that December 26th, I was listening to the Foul Life podcast on the way here and I was listening to your story. I'm like, oh, Woody and who else, whoever else you were with said, yeah, guy, hunt in the middle. Yeah, right. <laughs> in the decoys. So I literally put the decoys in a circle. At least you were applying yourself. You were trying. At least you weren't just like, yeah, I'm this like hardcore hunter because you didn't, you were learning. You were learning. I'm going to tell you, we're still learning. Everything you learn, every day you learn about hunting, everything you learn about hunting, you learn that you need to learn more about hunting. Absolutely. Because every step you take toward what you think is the final product opens up more doors (laughs) to a final product you will never attain, (laughs) but your life is surrounded by the search for the final victory. (laughs) Yes. And it never stops. No. Never. Because you can always change your decoy spread, right? Oh my gosh. I am that person. I am so that person. Okay. Decoy Dave. Dave Nelson, one of the greatest waterfall callers I've ever seen in my life. We call him Decoy Dave. One group comes by and doesn't swing in perfectly. Changes it seven times. he's out there in the middle of the decoys when the next set's coming in. Get in the blind, Decoy Dave. He's like, wait, 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 but that lead goose is looking a little too far left yeah. right now, so I'm going to move that real quick. Do you We've guys think I there. should move those other three geese We've really quick? We've all been there. 
Dave's yeah. great, though. Yeah, Dave is <laughs> yes, great. awesome guy. Dave is great. And uh, state champion goose caller at that. So, and a hell of a turkey caller as well. So, I actually do have a question about decoys, though. Yeah. Because <laughs> this has been driving me absolutely insane. Car's so, <laughs> so, when I was out in North Dakota, ducks were flying in. We have our layout spread and everything. Do you want, so you have like a hundred of them coming towards you. Do you want them to land or do you shoot the first ones that come? Do you want live decoys or do you just shoot those? Which, way, the, which way is the wind blowing? Okay, everything is absolutely perfect. Everything's going to happen. How long has it been since I last shot well, a I'm going to tell you <laughs> what. What time a, of the day is I'm it? I'm ready for this conversation. <laughs> okay. Are you going to let them low or are you going to let them land? That, is, that, is the, that, that question is as old as time. Yeah. And you're going to, if you have three insane. people or four people, two are going to say, yeah, so you shoot the first closest and the flock yep. and the other that's two are going to say, let them land and shoot the ones that are coming yep. after them. And, and that's a fight. And that goes along with the entire decision that if you wait, you should have shot. And yep. if you shot, you yep. should have waited. Okay. Exactly. And back to that saying, if you don't pull the damn trigger, you are not killing anything. So that's the people true. that that's are like, fact. oh, oh, that's oh, I was going to do it. Oh, I just watched. The I should have shot. Okay. Well, you know what? That's never going to kill you a duck. So <laughs> you should have shot. Figured out first. You should have shot. You should have waited. I hate that. Literally, I, I, I'm not I'm not trying to like, obviously, if you're new or whatever, I would not be like rude about that. <laughs> but it, like people that are, act like they're like this know it all, even men. And I have experienced this where they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was going to. I just didn't I didn't have the safety off. And uh, I, I, I got. No shells in my gun all of a sudden because I, I hope that's not an load. impersonation of me. No. <laughs> I mean, it could very well be. We have that hunted together. Quite, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But there's uh, always we're... some like BS. Always it's always that. a BS excuse where you just are like, no, that did not happen in your brain. <laughs> like, You're so full now. of it. I mean, yes, honest mistakes happen. Okay, whatever. It's hunting. It's fun. It's not supposed to be this like sink or swim thing it's it's literally it's a sport right. it's about fun it's not right. supposed to be like oh my god if i don't kill my limit my life is over today like no yeah you live for the next hunt and that's yeah. why no we doubt. all are so involved with continuously like you're probably already thinking about fall right now like oh, absolutely. we're on about? to the next absolutely i was <laughs> literally <laughs> trying to put gps markers on the four turkeys i saw on the field on the side <laughs> oh, this morning my. Oh yeah. I am sorry. I mean, that's, that's all I think about is hunting. And that's all I think of. I mean, I get tortured here. We see geese flying in every day and ducks and, and they, they nest back here in the yard. I get wood and ducks then, in my driveway. Yeah, and then they're nowhere to be found. They're nowhere to be found in the fall. Love that. So my new obsession is trying to do a turkey call without a diaphragm in. Ooh. Oh. Diaphragms, they tickle. They yeah. so yeah. bad. I just yeah, laugh. they can. That's for sure. I <laughs> choke on the diaphragm because I'm laughing so hard and I don't like want to use a box call. Slate call. Slate oh, call. I can't. I can't. Slate, slate so calls are pretty sweet. I like to use all I like to use all three of them. And uh, mm -hmm. Jargon has got some incredible calls out this year that, in fact, we're going to be uh, cooking. We're going to be doing a provider cooking segment at the Journal Sentinel Sports Tonight? Show. Uh, no, nope, that's this, okay. weekend. this weekend. I'm I pretty know, excited about that because you guys know... <laughs> Uh, it's no secret that I love food and uh, my stomach shows it. Me too. Food is my favorite dish. But let's get, I want to talk about, I want to get back to what do we need to do? What needs to happen to continue growing women in hunting, to continue growing people in hunting? What needs to happen and what's already happening to a certain extent? Mm-hmm. So I feel like, like Car had touched on, um, talking about, she like went, um, on her amazing rant about like women in this industry and talking about like the women groups that we have, right. There's a lot, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I see them constantly popping up. I think there's pros and cons to that. Right. And I think For that sure. it's great because getting women sometimes having the, um, 
intimidation. You're talking about women only hunting groups. Yep, real women only hunting groups. Yeah, or just the the resources. Yeah, or just the resources that are there. And I feel like there's positive and negative to that. I think the women that are very intimidated to hunt with men um, for many different reasons. um, It's a great opportunity to meet other women like minded who have common passions. But um, just like anything in life, I think there are negatives in some groups and some people that have unfortunately made it a really bad taste in some of these women's mouths and you know and I personally I can't speak for that as far as those personal experiences but I have heard of things and it's and it's hard and so I don't do women only hunts and whatnot I love taking and hunting with a group of girls right but like doing the groups and the things I have amazing friends that have great organizations for that personally um but I decided that I want to go beyond that and my thing that I love to do not only with my show but my nonprofit that I built is getting kids involved and like working with them because they are our future, right? They're ultimately our future. As you said, like we're, we're losing hunters every day. Are you seeing boys and girls when you do that? Yeah. So actually, believe it or not, a lot more girls than boys, believe it or not lately. And it's, I don't know if it's because of my presence that's attached to that, that allows the, the fathers and the mothers or whoever it is that's allowing, you know, seeing that this is happening and, you know, registering their kids and getting them involved in this, um, you know, having a female role model, you know, you touch on, Girls in Bikinis social media, one of my big sponsors specifically looked at me and said, I'm telling you, when my social guy came to me and said, hey, we need to sponsor you, I said, we're not having females. He looked at my page and he said, the reason I'm choosing you is because you're not one of those women, because you're not sitting there and putting a bad, you know, he's the father of two girls. And he's like, I don't want my daughters to know that my brand is going to represent a female that is going to post pictures like that, because we want to be able to set a good example. And it's so hard type of photo photographs and that type of Instagram, does that set the women's hunting movement back? Yes, yeah. oh, absolutely. Entirely. It entirely. makes us look like legitimate scumbags. And that we're fake. Yep. And, they and fake. Make, they think that. It does. Don't hold back. Once we wear that. Once we wear whatever they're wearing, that's that that's represents us I'm negatively. Sure, and they look at us like that picture. Okay, Absolutely. I'm sure we've all had it where you get people that contact you and say, hey, we're going to send you all this free stuff. <laughs> yeah. Will you uh, wear this stuff and then get it? And then you're like, you get it and you're like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. I'm not wearing this stuff. It's not even camo. Why would I hunt in this? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not talking like full on like underwear or something or whatever. But, but I've gotten literally a swimsuit sent oh, yeah. to me before. Yeah. Um, with just like oh, a man. stupid brand on it. And I'm like, I don't even know what this is. So, no, I'm just going to like, <laughs> I gave it to Goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I but was that's like, true. I don't know what this is, but I'm going to not do that. Um, there is a lot. If you put yourself out there, there's a million websites or we'll sponsor you if you apply to this and then you go into it and it's like pay the $70 package <laughs> sure, and now sure. blah, there's lots like of ripoffs. They, oh, yeah. fi- no they fixate on the women, though, wanting that fame or or whatever they're fishing for but in my in my thoughts that's not real hunting no hunting no, has nothing not. to do with your likes on instagram or no. any of that or if the computer appearance. system crashed tomorrow and no one was allowed internet anymore would they be a real hunter yeah, probably not yeah probably not would they wake up and want to teach their kids about that would they wake up and know like hey i know i gotta go shoot a couple deer this year otherwise i'm not gonna have venison. have meat yeah yep. You know, like I don't do it to take it, take it, no offense, a stupid picture. Like I love the memories. And of course we do take pictures, Mm -hmm. but we don't solidify ourselves as like, oh, I'm just this dumb blonde Barbie who loves this. Like I I get all that crap. I I do. We're in the era of a picture and it didn't happen. Yes. And when you you don't take a picture and you see that people don't believe you like, oh, well, you didn't post about it. Or they like talk about the dumbest thing in your picture. Like, yeah. Oh, well, your shoes don't look that muddy. It's like, well, yeah, because (laughs) I changed them. Way to pay attention. Thank you for having another fan People are crazy. They will nitpick you. And the more that, and I'm sure as you guys have grown, like you co-host, you have your own huge gig going on. Like the, the more you grow, the more people people nitpick at oh, yeah. every little thing yeah, that you there's do. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's Haters always going to hate. Always. Right? That's common <laughs> in every aspect of life that becomes mm-hmm. um, seen by other people. And we're kind of in an era right now where everybody on earth 
wants to be seen by more people. Mm -hmm. That is kind of what social media has become this ultimate race to be seen and heard and be considered famous or popular or cool. Um, and to be honest, a lot of that I think gets in the way of the true spirit of hunting. Cause if the internet crashes in the world and Armageddon's coming to an end, guess what? I'm going to eat still. Same. Absolutely. I'm going to good. All <laughs> the good <laughs> stuff. And, and I'm, you know, I'm going to be able to filter water and I'm going to be able to harvest game and put it on the table and live by an oil lamp if I have to. Um, so I guess one of the things that I kind of want to get out of the new, uh, out of the podcast, and I think we are, we're ferreting out. We've had some really awesome, you know, topics and conversations and some real talk. I want to know, is it going to continue to get better? Is it going to get easier? And what do you say to the woman? I, and I'm not being age specific. I don't care if it's a child or a, a middle-aged person or an older person, a senior, if they want to get into hunting, you know, what, is it a bright outlook? What do they need to do? And how's, how are we going to continue to grow in organic, serious waterfowl hunters? So I'm, so lately I have, I just spit all of you. Um, lately I have been getting more not necessarily friend requests, but messages since we have Joel and I, you have raised in Wisco. Yeah. Like people reach out to me. Cause I say like on our, like when I have the girls only podcast, right. like people reach out to me. Hey, so I heard you on the radio. Do you, are you serious about this? I'm like, Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. So like, I'm already getting people saying, Hey, can I come hunt with you? And it's just, it is just females. Trying to 100% connect. saying just females. Hey, can I come out with you and only you? Cause I feel more comfortable with you. Mm -hmm. And going to use the famous word mansplaining like i feel like we talk differently to each other we motivate each other more but since us three are here already we're already making the future better as you said multiple times during this podcast like we're making the future better already by being here and i we gotta just jump all the hurdles yep i we personally do. feel just in that 10 years it's either me getting a backbone and not caring what other people think or the, <laughs> <laughs> and, you or, gotta, yeah, you do or really do. It's getting, it is getting better. Cause I, I can reach out well, to you're getting people. yourself more established though, too. This is you've, true. you've gained respect from people uh -huh, that yeah. maybe can shut their mouth now, which that's not what hunting to me is about. But it, unfortunately, in the world we live in is it part is. of the game. Mm -hmm. And I don't care who you are. I run my own business. I do things where I am consistently in front of the male-dominated sport mm -hmm. of hunting. Okay. Well, it, with that being said, I still have to bust my butt to get where I want to be and yep. stay where I want to be. And or cut the path for my kids or so on, teenagers and so even twenty year olds that are going, oh, let's I want to hunt tomorrow. What do I do? Well, if we don't open ourselves up to being willing to help people, yep. I, I know for sure that if anyone asks us in mm -hmm. in all reality, because we've all done this, that we would do our best ability to help them or connect them to someone that will help them mm -hmm. or any of the thing. The resources are there, but you just need to just stop being so shy. Just ask. And then yeah, Be like me when I was networking. 12 years old and literally ask the dude that lives bicycle distance from your house and say, hey, I really want to get in hunting. Who can I talk to or can you help me or whatever? I mean, you can't live in the fear of this everything's going to go bad. It, it, that's anything in life. But if you put no risk in it, you're going to get no gain. Yep, no no risk, no reward. And, and there are female things out there. That's to each his own. I know there's a lot of different controversial, controversial topics yep. on yeah. all of those things, which are great. And we all see it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think talking about them is the base foundation for think, changing them and alleviating them. Yes. And I, for one, I am incredibly optimistic for the future of waterfall hunting. Oh, I, absolutely. I'm incredibly optimistic, uh, in the role models in the industry, mm -hmm. in the products, in the people, and in the growth of women and men in waterfowl. And together. And over time, we're going to have much more understanding. I mean, women in hunting are growing so fast. They're a part of the future. They're 
realistically, they're going to be a part of the economy of hunting. They're going to be purchasing the products. I, I mean, we already are. Are no, the, <laughs> I mean, yes, obviously. Serious, yeah, but a a, a huge. Impact. I just think I'm I'm incredibly optimistic about it, and I think the future uh, is very bright. And Jessica, you're you're nodding pretty hard over there. Yeah. So I, no, I I agree. Like I think it is extremely bright. I feel like you know, the waves that I feel like each one of us have had in this industry has been very much moving. Um, you know, seeing, I met Carl a couple years ago. I saw where she was. I keep hearing. We actually duck hunted together. We did. <laughs> um, and to see like how she's grown. And obviously I just met Danielle today, but I've heard of her and her adventures with Joel and co-hosting with him on their show. And so I, to know and to watch all these women and to cheer each other along and to see people excel is so important to me. And I feel like the f- the future is bright. I feel like it's one day at a time. I tell people one day at a time. We have to keep, if you're consistent with it, if you're bold about it, you like Cara said, you get that darn backbone. And it is the hardest thing that I deal with because I feel like I, as a woman, take things personal sometimes and it's, and it's hard. There are definitely days that people will say something and comment something and it just irks me the right way. And then I'm, then I'm just completely topsy turvied about it for days, you know? And so it is so hard to keep that going, that momentum going. But if you keep pushing, you surround yourself with these people, these organizations, these companies. I mean, look at the brands that we work with the women lines that come out, you know, DSG specifically, you know, you have all these camel companies that are coming out with women specific stuff because how many times do you go out there, wives or girlfriends or whatever, they're like, yeah, they're not coming out or other women that just want to get involved. They're like, yeah, we're not warm enough. Well, they're, Mm -hmm. the industry is listening. I feel like it's really changing. And then you look at those companies and the things that they're doing for kids specifically, you know, and when I go to them and tell them what I'm doing, it's so amazing to hear like, yep, their, their mission and their value values and where they're going with their company and what they're trying to, you know, market and advertise towards is very much changing yeah. in the last how many years. And it's and now they offer it. Right. Yes. There, there and literally it is, uh, wasn't those things. I wore little, I literally had to wear youth boys. I, I, I promise you guys this. <laughs> I know I'm not a huge person, but I probably could still fit in it now. But now they offer women stuff. But literally when I started hunting, the only women's things offered, and, and I was a 12-year-old girl, were things that I could fit both my legs in one leg, okay? <laughs> I, I, I physically couldn't even have well, the option to think, wear a woman's line. Well, uh-huh. even like blaze pink. Like, yeah. well, that's a new thing. Like, Thank you, Joel. Like that, <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Joel. <laughs> you know, like blaze pink. Let's look at that. Let's, I mean, specifically, let's look at that, right? And how many women, I can't tell you, were Fleet Farm opens, you know, and you got your Friday, you know, the, the, orange, the f- orange Friday that they have and like how much of pink stuff goes out, right? I'm personally not a pink girl myself, but it's just one of those things that it's an option. It's, a, it's an amazing help. option. And, and the fact empowered. Yes. And it's so amazing that these women who are so scared, like, here's another option for you, you know, and I think that's incredible. And to have that make it more normal. And exactly. Key- and I'm going to be the person to bring this up because I always am. Let me tell you about those DSG bibs that fold down in the back. <laughs> I am so happy and so thankful that Sika and DSG does that for us. Because when when uh, us girls, I know I don't care. I'm bringing this. I'm bringing this up. We're all in a line. There's five or six dudes in the layup line, right? And we have to go to the bathroom. Our little tush over to the the tree line. <laughs> and that was the nicest way I've ever heard you say that. <laughs> okay, and, but real but talk. With, but with with. That there's so much concealment for us. Like <laughs> I'm bringing this up. It is a woman podcast right now. And I it's am it's this out up. there. It's it available. out there. It helps so much, and not to have to drop I'm a all mis- of your I'm layers. A mismatch camouflage marshmallow, right? <laughs> I wear so many layers that just to be able to do that, like they are I think listening. They are. What listening. you're hitting on <laughs> is, is that, that they're custom. The industry now. is listening. Will listen. Yeah. If you keep better. telling you the industry what it needs. Be consistent and yeah. speak and up. I'm not talking just about clothing lines. Yeah. I'm not talking about weight and size of firearms. I'm mm. talking about acceptance, invitations yep. to to go hunt, to be a, a, a part of the hunt. And I'm telling you, um, as we wrap up this podcast, this 
podcast is quintessentially important. If you're coming on the tail end of this podcast, go to the beginning and listen to it because the fastest group of new hunters in waterfowl is women. Uh, and the men who are in it and, and the fowl guy, the fowl life guys are phenomenal. Uh, and the ability to, to have this podcast and this voice on the follow life podcast Midwest series is just incredibly exciting to me. I'm thrilled. You guys came today. You all did such an awesome job of, of talking about the, the topics today. It was really enjoyable, really fun. I want to thank everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the follow life podcast Midwest series. I'm Joel Clayfish. We'll see you next time. My foul life is in full swing Till tomorrow